0: We are back, everyone. Wildcat Formation WXVU 89.1 on Spotify. Happy Victory Friday. We're going on to the Elite Eight. We want Houston. Great to have you in today. Lots of free agency stuff going on. Drafts coming up. We're going to have a mock draft episode at some point in the next couple weeks. Be prepared and stay on the lookout for that. Great to have you in today. World's fastest man, Tyree Hill, heading down to Florida. World's funnest city of Miami. Now, I love the move, and I love the move not only because I think that I, I think that Tyreek Hill is very fitting of a big marketplace, but I also like the move because truthfully, I don't think they really had any other choice. I mean, they looked around the AFC and not even just this crazy free agent period. I mean, they go back to both. I mean, there are two games in the playoffs that were really evident of kind of what direction everything's kind of moving in with the league. The Bills get up, host the Patriots in the playoffs, and just obliterate them, you know, defensive guru, Bill Belichick, and are able to do so because they have a lot of different offensive options, offensive options, offensive weapons, and different ways of attacking the defense. And then just later, a little bit later on, we see the Chiefs and the Bills put on the game of the year. And I can tell you right now that if the Chiefs are not able to match Buffalo in terms of weaponry, then there is no way that game is as long as it is or as exciting as it was. So I think now they're recognizing that this is people like Tyreek Hill, players like him with his physical attributes are what's necessary to win right now in this state in the NFL. And so I think them being cognizant of that is a good step in the right direction. What I especially like is that they're leaning into their their identity, um, which is speed. Um, it's a very multi-layered identity, and the fact that they're leaning into that specifically kind of is a demonstration that this is not going to just be a copy-paste of Kyle Shanahan's offense. I think Mike McDaniels is making it very clear that this is his own idea and that he's coming here down into South Florida to make his own Creation and so I kind of like that sense of authenticity that he's kind of bringing to the building. So they get they get hyper aggressive at the top with um, Hill and then they also get some depth with Wilson. So that way you get people with different skill sets. Um, I also like how they approach their situation in terms of signing uh, running backs. I think that the way to go now in the NFL in my personal opinion like if I were a general manager if I were head coach this is what I would want personally you can't just have a running back committee be kind of flat out you kind of have to have a one-two punch with different skill sets, which I think they're what they're doing here where you have a kind of a three down back and you have a receiving back that you can do with different kind of route combinations. And so I think that's what they've done here. You have Raheem Moser, who's just a bully um, in the A and B gaps. And then you have... Chase Edmonds, who can do a lot of wheel routes, he can do a lot of Texas routes. And so they're adding, it's it's a continuation of that multidimensional kind of approach that McDaniels wants to take. And I think that we're seeing it a lot be successful in terms of running attacks. A lot of successful running teams. Um, the Colts with Jonathan Taylor and Hines having different skill sets. The Detroit with Swift and Williams having different skill sets. Um, my personal favorite, uh, Josh Jacobs and... Um, Kenyon Drake, Um, and so you kind of have to be able to kind of have a balance of skill sets where you have a three down and a receiving back just to create as much offensive versatility as possible. That's why I think a lot of people were very frustrated when the Jaguars in the 2021 draft took a first-round pick on Travis Etienne when they already had James Robinson because Etienne is not quite as known as a receiving back. He's more of like a power scat back, and I know that it's a very unique physical mold to be in, which is why he's a first-round caliber person. Um, but I think that there were other more stronger receiving backs that were available later in the draft that they could have taken to kind of complement James Robinson's skill set more because it's okay to draft running backs to add more dimension, but if you're doing it for depth, is not it's not quite as much of the system that you want to really go into. Um, and so I think that Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds' skill sets give too a lot of options, but it also creates a lot... Um, more facets for the defense to kind of take account of. I think they're making it very clear that they're giving, that they want to give two of the best pieces necessary to flourish in today's league. Um, Mike is a smart guy. Mike McDaniel is really bright, gifted, Work with a lot of really smart people. Uh, he's gotten to the NFC title game with a QB in Jimmy Garoppolo with a lot of very similar physical limitations. Um, Than Tua, and so I think he will be able to bring that experience working with him, you know, and just kind of come in and be able to work with him, be very close with him. And, you know, Mike is very, he's very young, personable. And so I think that that matters a lot as a lot of people are getting younger, better, faster. And so I'm really excited to see how that relationship translates into what they can make together together of the offense in terms of the division i think the bills are going to be first place for the next seven eight years for this foreseeable future i just think that josh allen is so physically overpowering and gifted that there isn't really much that any team can do afc or nfc to really counter what he's capable of but i don't see that as a very discouraging fact I think the Jets, in truthfully, with the successful option that they've had and the, the draft capital that they have coming up, I really do see them as a six, seven win team this year. Um, they'll be better. I, but I do think they're about a year away or so from competing from a playoff spot. Um, although I do, I, but I, I do think that the Jets versus Dolphins games are going to be very exciting, very fun, very entertaining. I think the complete total dysfunction of what the Patriots are doing right now um, them moving in the wrong direction is opening up a lot of opportunities for the Dolphins they have no new big names they have done nothing to make Max Jones job easier um, they desperately need to draft well I mean you're not paying Mac anything so who are you paying you lost JC Jackson you got you know Shaq Mason's gone so you gotta gotta pay. You know, some money to get some of these people in. You know, I would, whether it's Julio, you know, whether it's someone else, right? They're not doing anything to get better. And it's a little concerning. And so I think that the Dolphins can capitalize on that to try and push for a playoff spot. And so I'm really excited to see what they do going forward. So Matt Ryan is off to Indy, and there's a lot going on on both sides. I'm going to address the Falcons first because I think that that's the side that I think is the most um, kind of interesting and kind of, you know, complex to think about. I think it's very productive of them to finally just kind of pull the plug and go into full rebuild mode. They have a real legitimate and kind of clear direction because they were kind of in that fra- that phase where they were stuck in mediocrity, where they could compete for a playoff spot, that they but they knew very clearly that they were not Super Bowl ready. Um, they get rid of Max' contract; it's probably the worst contract and we've seen in a while by a quarterback. That's out the door. They're they're kind of in this kind of field of you know kind of just being okay right like the broncos were in it for a while vikings were in it for a while panthers um eagles sort of kind of similar situation and so they just pulled the plug got rid of the contract um and i think the the plan over the next couple of years is actually going to be it'll be kind of very young and very exciting um get picks built through the draft develop cap space get more of it spend it around you know, be clear about the intentions of the teams. So that way, Arthur Blank and Arthur Smith can go to the team and be very clear about what this is and what the direction is. So that that way, it makes the buy-in less blurry on a part of the players. They and they have they have Kyle Pitts, they have AJ Terrell, um, and they can kind of construct everything that they do through the draft around um, that. If I'm the Falcons, what I'm seeing here is that there's a there's a lot of really good quarterbacks that are going to be coming out next year, the year following, whoever breaks Young, Caleb Williams, particularly. And so, if I'm them, what I would do is essentially through this draft and then the subsequent free agency with Marcus Mariota as a quarterback right now, essentially just and let's let's. Assume it's Bryce Young here. Essentially, just build a team for them for him to step into, because you're not going to be paying him really anything when he comes in. So, um, draft an edge, a, a franchise edge, to learn under uh, to learn under Grady Jarrett, and draft a corner that you can put next to AJ Terrell. Um, stock up on receivers with high upside. Um, And then in next year's draft, the one that you would hypothetically get Bryce Young in, get Young high upside O-lineman that you kind of, that can come in, start, develop together, get chemistry together. So it's essentially about, what what they should essentially be doing now is creating a team for Bryce Young. To come in right there, they come in, step away, get in a competitive state immediately, and just go from there. Um, Bray's not going to be around for that much longer. I mean, we didn't even think he was going to be here at all. Saints have no idea what they're doing a quarterback. I don't think Jameis wants in the long-term solution. The Panthers definitely have no idea what they're doing a quarterback. I think if they take someone this year, whether it's Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, whoever, I don't really see that much high upside on either of them. Them essentially just addressing everything outside of quarterback, putting all the money and draft capital into the rest of the team, and kind of just rolling with Marcus Mariota this year, creates the opportunity for you to bring in someone like, you know, Bryce Young said that way. When they step in, boom, you already got a full roster there. And so I think it's going to be really interesting to see kind of how they use all of this um, space, this new environment for the future now that they don't have to kind of be shackled by Matt Ryan's just absolutely egregious contract. Matt Ryan is a cult now, and I think he kind of feels like a cult, he kind of has the personality of an Indianapolis cult. Um, so I think like I think that when he steps onto the field in a cult's jersey, I think it's gonna be completely normal to a lot of people of know, even though we've never really seen it before. I think basically what they're saying is the cults are saying is we're done with sealing guys and our roster is really good right now. And we kind of want to just be able to come into the building and know what's going on. And so they're in a point now where stability matters more than ability. Um, Like Carson, I think we would all agree has a higher ceiling than Matt Ryan. He's bigger, stronger, faster, more athletic, bigger arm. But there's inconsistencies there. There's some dysfunction there. Um, there's the whole VAC situation. Look at San Francisco. Trey Lance has a higher athletic ceiling than Jimmy Garoppolo, but Jimmy G can give you the same thing every single day. They basically want to be able to come into the building and know and being like, okay, we have Matt Ryan. We know what he's going to give us every week, and so that that way when we build this team, when we construct all these kinds of things, we can just do it in a way that's kind of safe and free of instability and so I think Matt's going to come essentially right in and set the tone Um, they have tons of footage of him and it's going to be really easy to kind of develop stuff Um, I think you you kind of bring in bring him into the system and right away just have him lean into JT, Jonathan Taylor to make up for his lack of mobility this is going to be like probably the best run game he's really ever had draft receivers that can make the most of him um, draft burners, draft guys that can get open route runners shift people that can kind of make their own place of kind of like plug and play guys or guys that have to go down the field and make the biggest play of their life. Just draft guys that can kind of create things for themselves to make Matt's job easier. I think they, if they do that with the draft couple that they do have remaining then I think they should be good to go and I think that you know pending that you know Robert Woods has the season of his life I think that this should be a very easy division for them to win so I think it was it was the right decision on the part of both teams that's all we're gonna have here for today everyone March is mad April is gonna be just as hectic I think Happy Friday, Wildcat Formation. This has been on WXVU Radio, Villanova on Spotify. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Stay classy, Villanova.